Hey guys. <clears throat> what? <laughs> Off to a great Strong start. start. <laughs> My voice feels froggy. Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Agility Bed. You can turn your tax return into a better night's sleep by upgrading to the combination of comfy foams and supportive coils found in a hybrid mattress. Plus, you'll get $200 off your Agility purchase by entering the code YHL at agilitybed.com. I'm John. And I'm Jids. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today, we've got all the details about a home in New York City that we're helping to make over this summer. Also, how a simple magnet is helping us DIY, a new trick we're using to wrangle photos, and the surprising souvenir John brought home from spring break. Now everyone's going to ask me, what's the story with you saying your sheds in the intro? Because there's an episode like maybe 38, 58. I'm just throwing out numbers. We'll link it in the show notes. It's something early on where I say, hi, I'm Laura. And to this day, I get like five or six messages a week saying, why do you say you're Laura in that one episode? And I always have to say, it's a callback to something we talked about in the previous episode, which was an embarrassing story wherein I was declared Laura by the neighbor. And then I decided I'm just going to have to go by Laura forever. And there was an update. I am no longer Laura. But now people are going to be like, why are you auto-tune sheds? You just have to listen to the previous episode. They're just little Easter eggs for all of you regular listeners out there. Yeah, John loves an Easter egg. Well, Easter's coming up. It's very appropriate. Anyways, we're actually going to talk about what just happened for us, which was spring break. Do we sound refreshed, guys? Because we're feeling refreshed. Yeah. Well, we're back to the grind. The yeah. podcasting grind. The podcast as, grind. As it is. Share Dog is on the MIC doing what she does best, which is not rapping. I appreciate the kudos for the rap, but... Don't encourage her. It's not going to be a quitting my day job type of thing. No. (laughs) Well, we went back to Florida this year like we've done the last two years. And a lot of our friends and family were surprised we didn't go to Cape Charles where our beach houses are. That would have been the smart thing to do because we've got lots of work to do on the duplex still. Right. But we intentionally decided not to do that. We had this very detailed conversation in the winter where we were like, A, we don't know if it's going to be good weather because it's hit or miss in the spring in Cape Charles, especially in April. Could be raining the whole week, could be cold. And then B, we really look to spring break to disconnect and spend time with our family and just like fully eschew the computer and eschew the hammer, if you will. I can't believe I just said issue twice. Yeah, wow. I wasn't (laughs) sure what you were saying at first. (laughs) I chew. I was sneezing, but like in a delicate ladylike way. Okay. We decided, like Sherry said, back in December to specifically go somewhere where we would have a vacation and we would not fall into the trap of just working. Because I know if we went to Cape Charles, we would end up like we've done many weekends so far this year, just working the entire time. Right. And like I would take the kids to the playground while John does something. John will take them to go get a muffin or a popsicle or something while I do something. But it's not the family time that we're looking for. Like the kids don't work when we're in Cape Charles. They have a great time, but we don't spend a lot of time, the four of us all together all the time, except usually for meals. So I feel like spring break was a good call to just disconnect and go somewhere where we wouldn't feel that hankering to hem the curtains or set up the TV. Stop <laughs> Stop going through the to-do list because it's just going to like get me anxious. It's a long to-do list. Yeah, we, we should have spent the week in Cape Charles, but we didn't. Well, we are butting up against summertime. Like we're kind of behind on actually getting the duplex listed. So we do feel the urgency, but we're just, we're doing the best we can. We will have it up and ready to rent. Um, By the summer. 
You sound like you're hedging. No, I know it will be by the summer, but it might be very close to by the summer. Right. You might be booking your stay weeks before your stay right, instead like, of months before. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> it will be exciting that way, guys. Keep you on your toes. Spontaneous vacation to Cape Charles. Sure. But, you know, back to the spring break thing. We realized two years ago when our first spring break that we took to Florida how recharging that week was for us. And we talked about it actually in episode 45. It's entitled, Why We Got Rid of Half the Toys in Our House. We learned a big lesson on that trip about how much like quality time is more important than like having a lot of stuff around. I think it was like a turning point in our minimalism journey. Although I will say that with a smirk because I know we have more things than many minimalists, but I would say our interest in minimizing the items we do have, by no means are we at the lowest end of the spectrum and having nothing, but At that point, we had a lot of things, and we went to this beautiful little house with just a few toys and young children that we believed needed lots of toys. And when I came home, all I could see was excess because we had been in this house with hardly anything for children to play with. And they made these creative, fun ways to deeply play with things. And then I started reading this book. It was kind of a perfect storm called Simplicity Parenting, which I am obsessed with. I reread it all the time. I will put the link in the show notes. It just is such a great reminder about how more does not equal better. And I think that's when my brain started to whir. And we did this huge donation, this huge clean out. And I think you've been hearing us on the podcast ever since that one trip. Take more and more steps towards minimizing and streamlining and figuring out how to simplify things and not make everything so complicated and not have so many things. So yeah, basically, we just go back to Florida every year so that we can have a big aha about life. (laughs) But it's always the same one, which is you need less than you think. Well, you know, we've been playing a lot more games with the kids lately since we took our week off of TV. And we wanted to continue that in Florida, but I didn't want to pack a lot of games. We were flying, and so I couldn't, like, bring a huge ticket to ride box. So we just brought Uno, like the simple card game Uno. And Tenzi. You guys will link that. That's our favorite dice game, and it's very small, and it's easy to travel with. How many times did we play that? We played both every night between dinner and bedtime, like, by the pool. It was so nice. And then when we got home... They asked to keep playing it. So like in that time between dinner and bedtime, they were like, can we play Uno? Can we play Tenzi? And so it's nice to see those things from our week off carry over to like real life back at home. So I will also in the show notes put a link to the house that we stayed in. We went to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, just because there's a direct flight between Richmond and there. There was not really any magic decision to why Fort Lauderdale was the perfect place for us. We just looked for a house that had a nice pool and enough room for us and accepted pets because, yes, we brought our dog. Burger loves Florida more than anyone else. Yeah, Burger (laughs) lives his best life in Florida, guys. (laughs) So if you want to check it out, you can see that in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. It wasn't particularly close to the beach. We've learned each year that proximity to the beach is not important because the kids mostly spend the time in the pool. And we'll put also in the show notes some of the things we did, places we ate. I will not promise some great guide to Fort Lauderdale because when we go, we're not really like sightseeing and trying to do a lot. We're just trying to kind of relax and be together. So we're not out like seeing all the sights and buying all the souvenirs and all that stuff. Although I did bring home one thing from Florida that I wanted to tell you guys about in a segment we like to call, well, that's embarrassing. 
So one thing about these trips is also like being in a new house for a week and sort of trying on someone else's home for a little while. And especially as people who are about to have a rental, it's fun to like see how they've organized everything, like what they provided, what we would do differently or what we're going to learn from and take to our own place. There was not a cheese grater, guys. I looked. If you follow on Insta stories, there's a big debate about whether we need a cheese grater or not. Don't inundate me with responses. I'm just going to buy a cheese grater because it's easier than debating it. Oh, no. I'm going to troll everyone and we're going to provide only cheese graters. (laughs) Every cabinet's going to have a different type of cheese grater. There will be no other cooking supplies except for (laughs) cheese graters. John's real mad that everyone said he needed a cheese grater. But anyway, I did check and there was not one at this rental and it was fine for us. But I know some people might have been miffed and they would have been like, how can I grate this cheese I bought for this this vacation? This is not about cheese. This is about- Everything is about cheese. (laughs) It's true. In Sherry's life, it is. It is top priority. No, so one of the funny quirks about this house was that the master bedroom had a small walk-in closet, but the light switch to it was on the outside, and it was in a position where when you had the door open to the closet, the door covered the light switch. So it was like a little bit inconveniently placed. If you lived there, you'd know. Just flip it on before you open the door. But not living there, you always open the door to step in, think it's in the closet, realize it's not in the closet, step back out, have to close the door. It's a whole thing. It's a big song and dance, basically. (laughs) And it's a song and dance that... I didn't do so often. I usually just like ducked in there real quick with the lights off and grabbed whatever I needed. Except for this one fateful day (laughs) where I went to just throw a pair of underwear, my underwear, I should point out, into the laundry bag that we had on the floor of the closet. And I... Because side tip, you travel with a little mesh bag. It's so nice. You throw all the laundry in there. When you get home, you wash everything in the mesh bag. It's very easy to keep it separated because sometimes we bring extra clothes that nobody wears and we're not laundering everything. We're just laundering what's dirty because it's in the mesh bag. Stop trying to derail my story (laughs) with all these tips. (laughs) And cheese, guys. Always have cheese. Well, the downside to the mesh bag is that it is not like a stand-up laundry basket like you have at home. So it kind of like just sits on the floor. Sometimes we hang it places, but there was not a place in this closet. So this was just kind of like a lump on the floor. So I just duck in real quick with this pair of underwear to throw in the laundry basket on the floor. And as I'm leaning over, I am punched in the face. <laughs> I stagger back, like stunned, my face just throbbing. What had actually punched me was the corner of the built-in dresser in the closet that I did not see because it was pitch dark in there. <laughs> and I rammed my head full force. Like if you think about the speed at which you bend over sometimes. <laughs> picturing a bend and a snap but then a snap back up (laughs) basically it was very sexy (laughs) well you were holding underwear well i quickly realized that my face was bleeding (laughs) only thing in my hand was the underwear so he did as one does i held the underwear it was (laughs) the dirty underwear of his bleeding face i want to clarify that it was not like soiled it was (laughs) it was just it was worn it was underwear i had worn that day So I can't decide if I would have done the same thing, but probably in an emergency, you take what you have and you use it. So I go to the bathroom to see exactly what the damage is. I have managed to cut myself in two places. Two places with one corner, guys, because the way he hit his face must have scrunched up at the impact and he cut a section that's like an inch below his eye and an inch above his eye, like under the eyebrow. The cuts don't even appear close. They're an inch apart if you look at a picture of his face, but when he squinched his eye up just the right way, they match. I think I was like millimeters away from poking my eyeball and probably my like eyelashes triggered some animal instinct to close my eye. Yes, I agree. And so to protect my eye, I managed to get these two spots, uh, which I was bleeding profusely from. (laughs) On the underwear. (laughs) 
I thought for a moment I would probably need to get stitches. I ended up not needing stitches, fortunately. But I'm inside trying to clean up and, like, staunch the bleeding. <laughs> sure, he's outside playing in the pool with the kids. I'm like, hey, guys, I wonder where daddy is. It's taking him a while in there. <laughs> Eventually, I emerge, underwear still on my head. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. And I shouldn't laugh because he's injured, but, like, now I know he's fine. And also, it just was like, why are there two cuts? Like, were there two corners? We couldn't figure it out for a little while. But it stopped bleeding fairly quickly. I didn't even have to put a bandage on it or anything. But I did develop quite a nice black eye. <laughs> so it was, like, three injuries because the top of his eye started to get purple, like his yeah, eyelid. And, and it got swollen. Yes, and it was puffy, and I said, go put ice on it. And then it felt like over the days that we were in Florida... He developed like the red ring around the eye that turned into the purple ring. Now we're at the yellow stage where it's like the end of the bruising. Yeah. I may put a picture of this in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. I'm not entirely sure that it deserves to be seen or shown. I mean, it's it's pretty great right now because it's three distinct places. It looks like I got punched in the face, like I got in a fight in Florida. Yeah. I told Johnny should walk around and be like, you should see the other guy. I mean, the dresser. <laughs> the closet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but wait, I also have a that's embarrassing. So what happened is that occasionally magazines will call me or John for quotes about something. Like if they're like, hey, give me 10 of your favorite paint colors and we'll credit you and link to your website. And we're like, awesome. Like it's always flattering. It's always great. We do it for free all the time. If someone asks us for anything. I charge a lot, actually. (laughs) No, but like we have friends at HGTV Magazine and Real Simple and Better Homes and Gardens. You guys have seen these. They're like roundups of like expert advice or like HGTV Magazine does it all the time with their personalities where they'll like round up products or tips or paint colors or something like that. Right. And so in this instance, Real Simple either calls or emailed. Like we get these all the time. And sometimes it's a phone call and sometimes it's an email. I don't even remember in this instance. But they were asking for like cleaning hacks or tips and they curate it like usually they'll go through your five or six tips that you throw out that are on the subject and they'll choose one and excerpt it yeah they make sense of it because they have to make sure that your quote one is like coherent right (laughs) and also that it fits with all the other tips because surely you're going to repeat something that someone else said or if it's a paint color roundup they want to make sure they have a mix of paint colors so you never really know until it's printed what they're going to put into the magazine, if anything at all. Right. It's a surprise every time. Sometimes you don't even make the article. Sometimes you get five or six quotes and you're like, wow, they really like... They were really scratched at the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Right. You're like, ooh, I got a bunch of quotes. They must not have asked very many people. But anyway, in this instance, it was just, what are your tips? And I think I gave them like four or five. And then a few months later, I get a DM that says, I really like how you work nut meat into this quote in real simple. What? Nut meat? Have I ever said nut meat in my life? Yeah, let's let's just savor that term for a second, guys. Nut meat. Nut meat. <laughs> I was like, what could that even mean? Is that a typo? Was I trying to say nutmeg? Like, what is happening? And then they sent me a photo. And it's on page 126 of Real Simple's April issue, which I'm holding in my hand and I will read to you. The quote is, For light scratches on hardwood floors, gently rub a shelled walnut over the marks until they start to fade. The nut meat fills in the gaps and makes wood floors look like new. Sherry Petersick, co-founder of the DIY site, (laughs) younghouselove.com. If that doesn't make you want to go to younghouselove.com, I don't know what does. For all of your nut meat needs. (laughs) 
And so I was like, what could I have said? And you know, they fact check this stuff. And if you use the wrong term, they will fix it. And I think what I either said was the inside of the nut and they must have Googled because John actually took to Google right away and said, nut meat is the correct term. Yeah, because I don't think you and I have ever uttered that term. And so when I saw it, one, it was hilarious. John appreciated their use of nut meat. Yes, well, in a national magazine, Sherry Petersick, not John Petersick, Sherry Petersick is attributed to this great term that we should all try to use more and more in our daily lives. Right, nut meat. So now I work it in. Like my friends, when I get out of their car, I just shoot a finger at them. You know how you point at someone and you wink and you say, nut meat. Say, Later, nut meat. Later, nut meat. Stay fresh, cheese balls. Cheese bags. Oh, sorry, cheese bags. Stay fresh, cheese bags is my favorite sign off. But um, I'll put a picture in the show notes because it's just funny and random. And by no means was I misquoted or misunderstood. It is just the fact checking process that literally if you say like the inside of the nut, they'll look up what the term is and they'll put that in there. Yeah. And I might have even said like you just rub the nut and they might have said we need more specific. Is it the inside or the outside of the nut? What fills in the scratches? It's the nut meat. (laughs) Right. You know, the meaty part of it. The meaty part of the nut. And if you have a scratch on your floor, it's actually a useful tip. I'm sure a lot of people know this already, but if there's a scratch on your hardwood floor, you can rub a walnut, specifically the the nut meat. The nut meat. It's really easy. It just fills it in. It's like an oil. It turns into like an oily... Meaty. (laughs) Yeah, meaty. Well, it's not like greasy. It's just like a light oil that just kind of soaks into wood and fills it so that it doesn't look so like bare and white. And it makes it blend in so that it's more of that like honeyed tone. Yeah, it blends in the scratch to the rest of the floors. So give it a try. And stay fresh, nut meats. But I actually do have some exciting, real simple related news that doesn't have to do with nut meat. Let's put nut meat to the side. We'll all appreciate and remember it. But this is actually a very exciting announcement that I can't wait to share with you guys. John and I have been invited to do the Real Simple Idea House in New York City. Like we get to design one of the rooms in the Idea House that people can tour and it's going to be featured in their October issue. So it's like a really big deal to us, especially because we're not like formally trained designers. Well, and in past years, formally trained designers have been a lot of people working on it. Like I think last year, Nate Burkus did a room, Shay McGee did a room, Sabrina Soto. Jenny uh, Commenda. Yeah, our friend Jenny did it. So like really legit people have done this. So it's very, very flattering to be invited to be part of it. We don't know who else is going to be doing the other rooms yet. So I'm sure they or Real Simple will be announcing They'll be it. more legit. Right, exactly. <laughs> But we're doing a room that I think is perfect for us. When they approached us to do it, they said, we don't know what room yet. And I started to get cagey, like, well, what room are we going to get? I'm nervous. And then they said, we've decided that we think you guys would be perfect for the guest room slash kids like art room and playroom. And I was like, yes, because we love a kid space. We love multifunctional. We love squeezing a lot of interesting details and function and storage and all that into a little room. And this is a pretty small room that has to have a sleeping space and a space for the kids. So it's really exciting. It's going to be in Brooklyn, New York. And we'll share as much as we can about the process as we go. And also, obviously, as soon as the pictures are in the magazine, we can share those with you guys and talk more about the process. Yeah, I mean, we don't know a whole lot about how it's all going to go down, but we're going to be working on it throughout the summer so that it can be photographed in time for that fall issue. Yes. And the other really sort of amazing thing to me, it's just a full circle moment, is that, and I think I've talked about this maybe offhandedly on the podcast, but in 2001, I worked on a show house 
for Country Home Magazine. And I was like the littlest, littlest, littlest assistant. Like I was the lowest on the list of things to do. I was unpacking boxes. I was adding packing paper around things so that they wouldn't break if we shipped them back. I was getting coffees. I was like the lowliest little share dog. Those are all the things I'm going to ask you to do to help me do this (laughs) this year. You'll be my coffee person. I just think it's like such an amazing detail in my life that in 2001... I was doing that and it was foreshadowing. Obviously, I wasn't studying design. It was not studying magazines. I was not going into idea homes or show houses. And it's just interesting to watch as my life progressed that I did do show houses here in Richmond. And now we're doing an idea home back in New York again for a magazine. But instead, I get to be the designer with my husband who will get the coffees. Excuse me. (laughs) But I just think it's like really amazing that we get to plan a space and be the creative I don't know, like directors of this project when it used to be like, hey, melt candles on this candlestick so it melts down the side. Literally, that is something I did for the show house. Oh, so it looked like it was used or something? Right. It was like melt all the candles because the creative director thought it was nerdy to have un- unburned candles. Oh, and to yeah. this day, I, I agree. When I buy a candle and put it out, I burn it for a second just so the wick isn't nerdy and clean. But she had us like drip candle wax down this candelabra and it was a really like Edwardian moment. Well, you remember when we did our show house here in Richmond five years ago, actually, we're coming up on the anniversary of it. Uh, we spent some time gluing Monopoly pieces to a board so that it looked like someone was in the middle of a game, but we didn't want people playing or throwing the pieces around, so we glued them down. Yeah, someone actually said, kids could eat those, and we were like, get the crazy glue, (laughs) and thereby ruined the Monopoly game forever. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good staging piece. It was. So we will keep you guys posted. I just couldn't be more excited to try our hand at this like New York City idea home again because it was so long ago when I worked on that other one and I feel like it will just feel like such an exciting I don't know it's full circle is the word that keeps coming back to me it's just amazing and when Real Simple invited us I was like I cannot wait to tell you this but I did a New York City idea home millions of years ago and I was like the coffee girl (laughs) and now 18 years later so (laughs) look at me now (laughs) so thank you Real Simple for the invitation thank you also for that beautiful quote Yes, nut meat forever. Yeah, I'm not going to let that one go for a while. Maybe we should hide something like a diary in the room and on one of the pages. I was thinking more just like a bowl full of nuts. Okay, that's, yeah, we'll do that. It's a bit more obvious. <laughs> yeah, we'll... It's not an escape room. You don't need to like hide a clue <laughs> you somewhere. You shine a flashlight on it and in invisible ink, the word nut meat closed. Well, we can do that too. You guys are probably like, what the heck is that music? Because we have not played it in ages. But that means we have a quick tip. Remember? Quick tips. We used to do them. We fell off. We're back again. Yes. Spring break rejuvenated. (laughs) Right. We have lots of small tips to give you. This one actually is in response to a question we get asked often, but I don't always feel like we have the best answer to it. So I always hesitate to give like a full elaborate answer. The question is, how do we organize our digital photos and keep track of all of our pictures? Because I think like a lot of people out there, we struggle with the sort of overwhelm of digital photos and digital memories. What we do, which is not a perfect system, but it works for us so far, I think it can be improved. That's why I've like hesitated to give it as like, here's my great advice. But we share an iCloud account through Apple so that all of our photos automatically get uploaded to the cloud. Periodically, we go through those and trim those down. And then also at the end of the year, I go through our annual photos so that I can create that family yearbook that we get printed through Blurb. You guys have heard us talk about that before. We actually just finally ordered our 2018 one like a couple weeks ago. So it should be here soon. 
it's not, again, the perfect system because sometimes it is very time intensive, especially if you're people like us who at any moment that you think is cute, you take like 50 pictures. Right. We're like, like holding the button down, burst. I wonder how we would ever survive back in the days where you had like actual film that was limited to 24 shots. Our annual yearbook would have like 12 pictures that came out. And they'd all be <laughs> terrible probably because sometimes it feels like it takes 100 photos to get that one that you like. So our iCloud account gets full very quickly. And we have sometimes thousands, and I shouldn't say sometimes, we always have thousands of pictures up there because between family photos and also saving pictures of like our renovations and projects for the blog, we have a lot of photos. Like I feel that overwhelm. I understand why you guys are asking us a lot, but I did want to share, this is me getting to the quick tip, a new app that I found that has become really useful. I'm not going to say it's the perfect cure-all like anything else, but I do think it's worth a try. It is called Gemini Photos, Gemini like the sign, Gemini. And what this app does is if you're someone who is like us and takes lots of photos at the same moment, the app automatically corrals those into sort of one folder. So it detects anything that looks similar. And then what it does, this is the helpful part, is it helps identify what is the best shot of that grouping. It evaluates that based on lighting and how level it is and if it's blurry or not. And so it's not a perfect system. Like it's not going to tell you this is the one where your kids are smiling the best or like everyone's looking at the camera. It's not that sort of thing, but it is helpful to sort of help you prioritize which of that grouping you should keep and which you can delete. And that's what the app does. It makes it really easy to delete all but the best shot that you want to keep. You can actually go through that grouping and quickly, you know, if you don't like the best photo they select, you can unselect it and pick another one. And then you can say, delete the rest. And it will, in one click, delete like 16 other photos. Say you took a sunset shot. It will say, this one is the most brilliant, straight, and clear. These are like eight that are blurry. And in one click, you can just delete the eight that are blurry and keep the clear one. I think it's really smart and it's a time saver. It also does things like separates like screenshots and actually creates a section called notes. Like if you take pictures of like book pages or anything that's a lot of text, like we do sometimes to like remind ourselves of like a page in a book we want to reference later, or you will take a picture of your to-do list. Like it will group those things. And so- I bet I have a picture of nut meat in there. You probably do. (laughs) So you can go through those things quickly apart from your actual family photos and everything. So I have found it to be a useful tool to keep me on top of our deluge of photos and try to trim things down periodically. So I would suggest it if you guys are having trouble with the amount of photos you're amassing on your phone and you just need a kick in the pants or something new to try to get yourself on top of it, I would suggest it. I will qualify that it's not totally free. You get like a trial period and then I think it is two or three dollars a month maybe. Like there's a subscription to it or you can pay like $15 for the year. Those prices are not totally right, but just so you know, it's not entirely free, but I have found it worth it so far. But again, in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast, I'll put a link to this app called Gemini. And if you guys have any suggestions for other apps that help you organize your photos, I'd be happy to hear them as well. Because again, I don't feel like we have our system down pat, but we're making progress. Amen. I know that sounded like that could have been a word digging, but remember the music, it was a quick tip officially. But we do have things we're digging. I've got a new buddy that I want to share with you guys. Mm. It's changing the way I DIY in miraculous ways. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Back in January, you guys may remember that this week's sponsor, Agility Bed, gave away a hybrid mattress to one of our listeners. And the other day, we actually heard from the winner, so we wanted to play you guys her message. 
Hi, John and Sherry. My name is Amanda, and my husband and I were the lucky winners of the recent Agility Mattress giveaway. And it was really funny because my husband and I had been going back and forth for a while of him claiming that our warehouse mattress was uncomfortable and hurting his back. And I was telling him he was crazy, the mattress was fine. But after just a few nights with our new mattress, his dull, achy back pain he'd been experiencing had gone away. And funny story, our dog Presley always has slept on our bed or taken turns on the floor. And since we received the new mattress, he refuses to sleep on the floor. So we think he thinks it's comfortable too. Thank you guys so much. We love the podcast and we love our new mattress. I love that even the dog is enjoying the prize. Yes, husband approved and dog approved. And if you guys want to give an agility mattress a try yourself, they're going to give you a 100-night risk-free trial, no questions asked. Yep, and if you enter the code YHL at agilitybed.com, they'll also give you $200 off your mattress purchase. Again, that's code YHL at agilitybed.com. So this new buddy that I'm digging this week is also quite a stud because it's called a stud buddy. That's the name. That's the name. So yeah, the stud buddy, as you might have guessed, is a stud finder. My old stud finder, which was like one of those zircon ones that, you know, kind of beeped when you went over a stud in your wall. I always liked it because it sounded like it was an alien and his name was zircon. So it'd be like, I am finding studs from planet zircon. (laughs) Okay. Our children like to play with it a lot, which is maybe how it got broken. Someday it just like stopped working. I replaced the batteries and everything, but it would not turn on. So I went to the store to buy a replacement one. And I noticed this stud buddy thing that I'd heard a few people talk about before. And I was like, you know what? I'll get this as a backup. So I actually bought both. I bought my Zircon one again, and I bought the Stud Buddy. But when I got back to the duplex, I was doing a project there when I needed it. I, for some reason, went to the Stud Buddy first. Something compelled me to try that instead of opening the package on the Zircon one. You were like, why have tried and true when I can have new and exciting? (laughs) Well, exactly. And basically, all the Stud Buddy is, is a magnet. It's basically like a long vertical magnet, maybe like, I don't know, five or six inches long. I'll put a picture of it and a link in the show notes so you guys can see it. It's only like 10 bucks. You can't break a magnet, guys. No. And it doesn't need batteries. Yes. It is a magnet. (laughs) And I have found so far it to be much more reliable than the old stud finder. I don't know exactly the technology of the old stud finder. I just knew that like I dragged it across the wall and then it would beep when it told me it was near a stud. But I found it not to be 100% accurate. Right. Occasionally it would beep. I would mark the wall and they'd go later to drill into it and nothing was there. But what the stud buddy does, because it's just a magnet, is it helps you find the nails in the studs. And so you do the same thing where you kind of sweep it across the wall. You're supposed to make like a big S motions, which I'm doing right now. Just with nothing in his hand. Looks like I'm at a rave. It does. With his black eye, you're kind of like, is he punching a ghost? What's happening? Right. But you just uh, go back and forth across your wall. Usually studs are about like 16 to 18 inches apart. So you want to make sure you're going at least that wide. And as you make this S pattern up and down your wall, it will actually kind of catch whenever it finds one of the nails in a stud. And like you can take your hand off of it and will hang on the wall. It's a it's, very strong magnet. It's a very strong magnet. And you know there is a stud there. Right. A stud or like treasure. I have not found any treasure yet. But I found it to be really helpful not only because it is very accurate, but also, you know, because it stays on the wall, like you can leave it there and then you can mark on your wall however you need, like you can leave it there while you're drilling if you want to be certain you're drilling in the same spot and not have to mark on your wall at all. So I found it not only to be more accurate, but also faster and less of a pain in the butt, I guess. No batteries to me sells it, right? Like you never have to maintain this thing. It is a magnet. Magnets work. Put it on the wall. 
it works. So link in the show notes. I highly recommend it. Just give it a try. Okay. And I'm digging something completely vacation related, not at all home related, but I get questions all the time because people know that I put weird things on my skin like coconut oil and apple cider vinegar. And they say like, but what about sunscreen? What do you use for sunscreen? And I always say something by Neutrogena because I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I have adult acne and I have issues with it, hence all the weird stuff on my face. When I use regular cleansers, I break out. When I use weird perfumed products, I break out. I have very, very sensitive skin. So the apple cider vinegar and coconut oil thing works for me, but I have to use a sunscreen, obviously. I mean, coconut oil actually has a very small percentage of sunscreen. I think it's like SPF 8 to 10, which is kind of amazing. That's nothing. But it's not enough, especially if you're going to be at the beach. You don't want to burn. You got to use sunscreen. So lately, I've been paying attention to what sunscreens work for me, and it's always something by Neutrogena but I tried this new type by Neutrogena. I've always liked Neutrogena, but before this vacation, I saw that they're selling something called Clear Face Breakout Free Liquid Lotion Sunscreen. I got SPF 30, but they have even higher. I think they have 50 or 55. I'll link it in the show notes because there are like 500 different types of Neutrogena sunscreen. But when you guys ask me what sunscreen do you use, I always just say something by Neutrogena. Now I'm going to give the specific kind in the show notes, so go find it. But the reason I like it is exactly because of what the label says. It is Ultra light, oil free, water resistant for 80 minutes and won't cause breakouts. It has helioplex, broad spectrum, UVA and UVB stuff. But most of all, I don't break out from it. And I'm the person who, if I'm lazy and I use the stick, you know how they sell those sunscreen sticks? We use those for our kids' face. It's so easy. Also by Neutrogena, actually. Yeah. And that one, even though it's by Neutrogena, if I'm lazy and I use the stick, I will break out literally wherever I put the stick. I will notice it. Who breaks out on their nose or under their nostril? Me, if I use the stick there. So... I used this clear face stuff this entire week. It was great. I didn't get any sunburn on my face. I did not break out. No dry skin. I highly recommend it. I also did not get a sunburn, but we all know something else happened to my face in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Young House Love has a podcast. Yep, and a special thanks to Lauren Kelly Black on Instagram who told us she listens while putting her newborn to sleep. She says it's become actually a ritual at this point because somehow our voices help soothe the baby to sleep. I think that's the first time we've ever been described as soothing. It's probably all of your impressions. Probably. And since we can't shout out everyone on the podcast, I've been trying to be better about resharing people's Insta story submissions too. So if you're listening, snap a photo to show me what you're doing, post it on your stories and tag me. Hopefully I'll see it and I might even share it for everyone to see. And don't forget to check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus links links, photos, and info from this episode, like some pictures of our rental house in Florida and the black eye that it gave me. And links to that photo app, my sunscreen, and the stud buddy. And nut meat. Always nut meat. Later. Bye. It's like really amazing that we get to plan a space and be the creative, I guess, executioners of this project. Is executioners the right thing? I mean, we are executing it, but... Executing it. It sounds wrong. It does sound really evil. We're not going to execute any person, but we will execute a beautiful room, I hope. <laughs>